good morning story sign. What a great spirit today. I love that song, that moment. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I also want to welcome all those joining us online. We have a large online contingency today, but a few of those. Jake Hoffman, uh, they are in Miami. Last service, we had several people in Florida vacationing. This service, more Florida people showing up. Uh, enjoy your vacations. Uh, Valerie Jensen, Jeff Holland, the Hublers, I love you, Phil and Barb. I would love to stop by and see you this week. I was thinking, let us know, but I'd love to bring some interns, maybe have communion with you guys. Uh, the Chitwoods are online. Glad that you are with us today. The Porters, Travis and Chelsea, just had baby Marin, uh, and you're online this service. We're so glad that Marin is here. The list goes on. Uh, those on site in the room, would you let our online family know how great it is to have them today? <laughs> Thankful for technology. And we prayed last service. I'm asking that you would continue to pray, just like Pastor Desiree said, partnering with that prayer for all of the people that really need the strength of God, the peace of God. I uh, got a message last night from a family close to midnight. Uh, they were messaging me about a death in their family, and this morning I woke up to another message uh, from a lady that was telling me about her husband that's not been given long to live, um, and I know Pastor Clint is here in the front row. He's another family, his grandpa, who was a father figure in his life. They've not given his grandpa uh, a long time, and then a local pastor that has been a friend of mine for 20 years. Uh, they reached out to me yesterday, and his health is not the greatest. I'm going to see him. But just so many people that need the song we just sang, not just to be a lyric or a line. They need it to be real. They need the strength of God. And so, so many people in our church, whether or not it's these situations or the surgeries, the grieving, a lot of things, uh, I believe that he's a big God, and I believe that he can be a strength uh, even in this season for you. And so, I'm asking if you would just join me in prayer. Maybe you don't know every single person that I'm referencing, um, but if you would just join me in prayer today and ask for God's peace and God's strength, would you do that? God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your presence I've sensed during worship. Thank you for babies we're going to dedicate this afternoon. I thank you so much for your goodness uh, in our lives. But I also know in this season there's some people that even though it's sunny and 80 some degrees and uh, they're having a tough day, they're having a difficult day. And I pray for every single person right now that needs the strength of God, they need the peace of God, whether it's, it's Jimmy and, and his family, uh, just all of, these, all of these people that I'm aware of even in the last 24 hours. I pray that you would go exactly to where they're at and I pray that you would touch their hearts, touch their minds, that they would feel just the wave of your peace and presence that will show up for them today. And as we're praying, I also pray for every church in our area around the globe, but I pray for every church in our area that I know they have people that need that same peace and presence today. And so bless pastors, bless churches. I pray that you would do something special today, right now, today, uh, in these churches, in your presence. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. We're gonna continue our uh, study on the gospel of Luke. I do want to give you an update as we continue our series today, our message. There's going to be a lot of things the next few weeks you're going to see here at StorySide, exciting stuff. Uh, the LED wall is in, the lighting that's going to be showing up here in the next few Sundays. Uh, we're working on the Lego walls and the art areas, the basketball court. I think it's starting this week. I think they're pouring concrete this week if the weather permits. Uh, for the basketball court that is is going to be uh, put in. Uh, soccer goals are on their way. The playground, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. This playground's unbelievable. Uh, I think it's 60 by 40 or something, 8,000 pounds of rubber mulch or something. It's going to be awesome. Seven or eight swings, things four or five slides. That's going to, so these are all things the next few weeks going to be showing up for our kids and students. How many knows it's a good thing to invest uh, and to pour into this generation. <laughs> we have been blessed in the last year or two with several properties where people have given us buildings. One of them appraised for 1.8 million and different buildings where people have given us their building, their property. 
There's probably been five or six buildings that we have not, even though they were offered, we did not take them. Uh, we're working on the five locations we have right now, both ministry and then some even uh, outreach and missional work. We'll be letting you know in the next few weeks what that looks like, but partnering with some agencies, faith-based agencies here in Ohio uh, and doing mission and outreach work. And I'm really excited about what that's going to look like. But one thing that I wanted to share with you because it's really spoke to my heart and stirred me is almost every church I've talked to in the last year, whether it was even pre-COVID or of course during COVID, they've shared with me multiple times how these buildings could seat 200 or 400 and, and how over the years the church stopped having children and students and young couples coming and now it's got to the point where uh, those who are remaining are not even able just to pay the utilities and keep things going. So they're offering these buildings and properties. And I have pulled away from meeting after meeting and I have felt challenged even as a pastor. God, don't ever let this happen to Storyside. Don't let us get to the point where we ever stop believing in children or students. But whether God was to return today or in a year or 10 years or 50 years, we will tarry, we will work until he comes and stories that I just want to challenge you always 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 champion and cheer on children and students uh, so that we can continue to move the church forward speaking of playgrounds uh, which is on its way I think it's being installed uh, the first two weeks of August but speaking of playgrounds why did the chicken cross the playground to get to the other slide <laughs> so bad. That's one of the worst ones I've ever told. Uh, Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> Verse number six, and they were both, everyone say both. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly. This is talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly. That does not mean perfect. That word blameless means not contrary to God. And all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, verse 11, and there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. I want you to notice these next couple of verses, 14 and 15. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And then this is important. And he must not. He must not. Now, some would refer to this as a Nazarite vow or something similar, but just notice this. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Yeah. Verse 66, and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, all these sayings, what, what they're hearing, and they asked the question, what then will this child be? What then? They probably have no idea what's coming in Luke 2, Luke 3. Probably have no idea the plan of God. They probably have no idea all the details of John being the forerunner preparing the way. He said, what then will this child be? Final verse, verse 80. And the child grew and became. And the child grew and became. I want you to see that. The child grew and became. Strong in spirit. Wasn't just born, fully finished. He grew, this is important, and he became. And he was in the wilderness until, that's the process, until the day of his public appearance to Israel. When we look at Luke chapter number one, I think we see a glimpse into God's rescue plan. Thank God for redemption. So you're going to hear about Jesus, you're going to hear about John, you're coming out of 400 years of silence, God is going to reconcile man really all the way back to the book of Genesis what has fallen apart, what's been broken, God's going to reconcile. How many of you today are thankful that God, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Is anyone today you're thankful for redemption? You're thankful for salvation? John 
is going to prepare the way of the Lord. John, according to, to this first chapter in Luke, is knowledge and guidance. And then Luke wants you to know, so I shared with you that Luke loves timelines. He loves the historical markers. He wants to match timeline and truth. John wants you to know a little bit about, or Luke wants you to know a little bit about John's parents. So this is the gospel of Luke, Luke 1. Luke wants you to know about John's parents. His parents, John's parents are named Zechariah and Elizabeth. We see their commitment in these situations, some of which I have referenced 400 years of silence, Herod being cruel. So Herod was the political leader uh, and Herod was known as the, the slaughterer of the innocent. They, they, they are dealing with what a bad leader Herod is. They're dealing with 400 years of spiritual silence. They're up in years. Zachariah and Elizabeth are up in years. And Elizabeth is barren. But in the middle of all of that, they are together and Zechariah is serving. Everyone say serving. Zechariah is not sulking. He's serving. Serving. And the Bible says, while he is serving, while Zechariah is serving, an angel shows up. So heaven shows up, not when he's bitter, not when he's mad, not when he's upset. Now when he's like, life is so unfair, he's serving. And an angel shows up. And so today I want to start there. I want to start with the premise, don't stop serving the Lord. Now serving the Lord for you could be your personal prayer time. It could be loving God, loving your neighbor. Could be serving on the dream team. Could be working with kids ministry. Could be raising your children and grandchildren. Could be part of leading people in praise and worship. Could be helping in your community. There could be a lot of things that you would think of when I say, don't stop serving the Lord. Let's put them all together. Right? Because God can show up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Let's put our lives together and commit on a Sunday I'm not going to stop serving the Lord. Why would people stop serving the Lord? I think they could stop serving the Lord because God doesn't do everything as quick as what they want. I think that could happen. Right? Could Zachariah and Elizabeth get frustrated? 400 years of silence. They're up, up in age. We don't know exactly how many years right now, but, but they could get frustrated. Sometimes people want God to work in a week. They want God to do everything right now. Zechariah keeps serving, even though time is elapsing, if you would. But I think some people stop serving because they get frustrated with God's timing. I think you could stop serving because of Herod. So Herod is cruel. He's mean. He has 30-some years of leadership building this empire, building this leadership, but people said he had disregard for children and care about kids. You know, one theologian shared that it would have been safer for you to be Herod's pig than to be his son. And when you have a leader like that, it could very easily become something where you're like, you know what, Zachariah, I am, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I don't like the people over me, so I'm done. But Zechariah doesn't do that. He keeps serving the Lord. Not, not only do I think people stop serving because of reasons like time or, or a leader, I think people stop serving when they get busy. Busy. Anyone busy today? Feel like you're busy? Some people say, I work two or three jobs, or Pastor Mike, I have multiple kids in sports, or I, you get a lot on your plate. You get a lot on your plate. Just this week, just this week, I, I was listening to the story of a man and a woman that are going through a divorce right now, this week. They're going through a divorce, and I just want you to hear his words, not mine, these are his words where he shared the last 10 years our kids have been so busy in sports. Now, 
I like sports. My kids play sports. I just want you to hear his story. So the last 10 years of our life, our kids have been so engaged and involved in sports that our conversations have had the depth, and I'm quoting, the depth of, is the cooler packed? Do we have extra lunch, mate? You got the water? He's now looking for a house. They're going through a divorce. In his words, if I could back up 10 or 12 years ago when sports and busyness pulled us out of church, I wish that our family would not have stopped attending church. I think you could stop serving just because you get too busy. I got to work. I have bills to pay. I got hobbies. I got entertainment. I got... I think people could stop serving the Lord when they get mad or upset or offended. You get ticked off. <laughs> right? Think, think, about, think about offense. In 2021, we're almost taught. We're almost taught to be offended. It's very trendy right now. It's very trendy to be offended. Matter of fact, if you tell someone I'm offended, it's almost championed. Like it's a good thing. You need to be offended. And so we are taught to be, I think from a young age right now, especially with social media, we're taught to be offended. Someone looks different, acts different, parents different, whatever. All of a sudden, it could be something that's ingrained in this generation than just be offended. When you look at offense, I think offense slips into our everyday lives. It can slip into your spirituality. I'm going to give you some examples of ways you could get offended. You could get offended at me. Me. Now, for people, I've seen some of you today that have been here for years and years. People who are serving. I hugged Junior Powers earlier. I hugged Bryce Smith earlier. People that have been at StorySide for, you know, 17, 18 years. If you look at just that time frame of people who have been here for any length of time at StorySide, that 17, 18 year frame, if we just count two or three sermons, so I'm not going to add, I'm not going to add several hundred weddings. I'm not going to add all the dedications. I'm dedicating just six babies today. Hundreds of babies we've dedicated. I'm not, I'm not going to count what I've said at baptisms. So in the last five or six years, we've baptized over 600. I'm not going to count any of that. I'm not going to count any of the funerals. I'm not going to count any of my social media posts. No conversations. No breakfasts, lunches. I won't count any of that. Just a couple of sermons that are in the room and that people hear on online. That is 7,200,000 seconds. Just, just a couple of messages a week. Do you think there's a chance that in 7,200,000 seconds that I say something, joke about something, wear something, that could offend you. And we don't hang out that much. It's an hour or two a week. It's just 7,200,000 seconds. What about the people that are living with you every day? Like your husband or wife or your kids. What about the people that bought the property beside you or they own the business beside you? What about the people you go to school with for hours a day? We get out our calculator and we start tabulating the time that they have to tick you off. You know what I'm talking about, Whitney, right? You live with them. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying, right? If you're looking to be offended, if you're looking to be offended, there's always going to be someone or something it can offend you. An offense can stop you from serving the Lord. 
It's hard to serve God with your whole body, your whole spirit, your whole It's hard to serve God in totality when you have this bitterness or frustration or anger or don't stop serving the Lord, Zechariah. You got a big assignment. You have a baby boy on the way. He's going to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't stop serving the Lord. And so today, I take that principle and I apply it to you even right now. Don't quit, mom and dad. Don't quit, uncle and aunt. Don't quit, grandparent. Don't quit, intern leaders and students. Don't, don't quit, business leader. Don't quit, Christian. Don't quit praying, right? When the angel showed up, he told Zechariah, heaven has heard your prayer. Right? You read it with me. Heaven has heard your prayer. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't quit on faith. Don't give up on God. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop serving. Don't quit. Don't quit, Zechariah, because John, John needs you to stay committed. Don't stop serving the Lord. You know, today, we are online. Hundreds of people will watch online. Because people will work for hours getting tech stuff and lighting and sound systems and cameras and so people can watch online. There's people right now looking at multiple screens in, in, in an area right now and they're, they're looking at different angles and zoning in and out and working on sound. And some people online sometimes will be like, turn it up louder, turn it down lower. It's too, the team is working back there so that you can watch online. On site, we have people that would work for hours preparing dedication, Bibles, and you know, counting out what we use, all of those pennies and stuff. Just this week, we, we, you know, there's a shortage in change, and I use a prop of pennies to give to families. And if one penny per week from zero to 18, when the jar is empty, you've spent your pennies. You spent your spend them wisely. Train up a child in the way they should go. And just this week, a guy who helps with that was telling me there was a shortage in change around here. And so he drove over an hour away to a bank who would give him some pennies so that I could have props for six babies being dedicated today. You know, on site here, there's people parking cars. They've got signs. They've got wands. There's flags going. People having a cafe, checking a child. You know, first impressions. Uh, we've got ushers and greeters and prayer teams. Every chair in the room prayed over, cameras prayed over, people that came hours ago, 6, 7 a.m. was coming, getting keys and bass and guitar and drums and, and mixing sound, all of those things, so we could sing and lead people into the presence of God. And I would be remiss today if I didn't stop right now while we're talking about serving and just say thank you to all of the people who serve, serve, serve. They're driving to get pennies. They're playing a song, but they're like, I'm doing it unto the Lord. Do you think those people, do you, those, you think those people could get frustrated at Herod in their life? You think those people could get offended if they want? You think those people could say, I wish God would answer prayers as timely and quickly as what I want them to? But if you live with that mindset, if you live with it's trendy to be divided, it's trendy to be offended and upset, you'll quit all the time. But may a spirit of Zechariah get on you and I that would say, you know what, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Times may be up, times may be down, but one thing, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve, don't stop serving the Lord. Don't stop serving the Lord. In our last few moments together today, Zachariah and Elizabeth are going to become parents. Where are my parents at? Let me see your hands. Where are my parents at? Raise them high. Where are my parents at? Any grandparents in the room? Any grandparents in the room? Just let me see, because sometimes we have like spiritual, there's a lot of hands going up, but spiritual father figures, mother figures, sometimes it shows up even in just like student team leaders and coaches and you know, I've seen uncles and aunts step in before and be a father figure. We talked about your grandpa being a father figure. But if you have served even that role, you had to be a father or mother figure uh, to someone. Just raise your hand really quick just so I can see. 
There's a lot of hands in the room there. Thank you. I want to thank you guys. I, I know sometimes people can say it's not my child, but it takes someone special to step up and be like, you know what? I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help. And so I want to thank you today. I want to thank you today. Zachariah and Elizabeth are going to become parents up in years. Up in years. They're older, and they're going to become parents. And who knows those conversations and questions that came out of that moment. You, you can learn a lot from having children. <laughs> For example, you learn how much patience you have, right? I've heard the original recipe for iced coffee. Anyone like iced coffee? Like iced coffee? I've heard the original recipe for iced coffee is you have kids. You make a coffee. You forget that you made a coffee. You drink cold coffee. Huh. That's how it came. That's how, that's how iced coffee came. Those of you that get frustrated with constantly cleaning your house, you have children, you get frustrated with it. They say cleaning your house while your kids are still growing up is like shoveling your sidewalk while it's still snowing. <laughs> Hello. They say if you have one child, it makes you a parent. You have two, it makes you a referee. <laughs> How many has ever been there before? I didn't even know. Jalen was, my, my 18 year was just telling me in between services today about back when she used to punch Brooklyn, my oldest daughter. I didn't even know. I just heard about it today. She's like, I graduated to now. I'm free. I'll tell you whatever I want. Like, <laughs> I'm a free bird. <laughs> and in the seasons of parenting, it seems like everybody, everybody knows how to effectively raise children except the people who have them. <laughs> people who don't have children is always given advice. I would do this. I would try this. I would be like, you don't even have one yet. <laughs> when you look at, so we got Zachariah and Elizabeth, they're up in years, and now John's going to come on the scene. John's going to prepare the way of the Lord. I want you to think about your life. I just want you to take this Betty Crocker bowl. You take this Betty Crocker bowl, and I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your life. And so, you know, I, I could put myself into the bowl first. So I'm not, I'm not saying I know everything about Zachariah and Elizabeth, but just put, I'm going to put my family. My family's going to go into the bowl. I asked my dad, who's watching online, I asked my dad, Dad, what was the hardest thing about raising me? And I mean, that quick. He didn't have to think about it. He's like, hyperactivity. That's what he said, hyperactivity. <laughs> he went on to say, and I've never heard him say this before. His second thing was, he said, you know, I was, he, my dad got married at 16. I came at 17. I've already done the math. It was fine. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> That's not funny. Hyperactivity. My dad said, I come at 17. My dad was 33 when I graduated. He was 36 when I graduated college. Uh, and my dad said basically it was a kid raising a kid. So for him, he, once he got into ministry and pastoring, he said, and I've never heard him say this till today, he said there was also a pressure with you being a pastor's kid that I wanted to make sure that everyone in the church wasn't complaining about you. So my dad, a lot of times, would take matters into his own hand. I was, ra my, I was raised when spanking wasn't a sin. Uh, it was a, like that generation spanking like got a trophy or something. Like, how many this week? Four. You win. Like, <laughs> I asked my mom, I, you know, I called mom this morning. I said, mom, what was the hardest thing about raising me? I was just looking for one answer. I had to cut her off at like four or five. That's enough. That's enough. Just wrote him down. You were strong-willed. You were impulsive. 
You were determined to have your own way. Keeping ahead of you was always a challenge for me. Let's put my pieces of the puzzle in here. That's enough. That's enough. I told my mom, no more. Then, then I'm going to put Angel, my wife Angel over here. I'm going to put Angel into my Betty Crocker bowl. I said, babe, what can I say on the stage about you? She's like, why you wanted to put me on blast? That's what she said, why you wanted to put me on So I'm not. This is the pieces of the puzzle, anonymous pieces. <laughs> and then I have Brooklyn, my firstborn, who's doing a great job with students and internship and camp. I'm very proud of you, B. When, when Brooklyn was first born, we're in Canada. She's first born. I am stressed to the max a ton with Brooklyn. My mom brings up all these times where I'm calling her like, what do I do with her? And she's like, try this. And I'm already tried that. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. I have my wife who's a feeler. I have three daughters who are gifted at times with feelings. Uh, so... That's why I can't say a lot. Uh, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> then I have Jalen. Jalen's my 18-year-old, the free bird, uh, who punched her sister. So Jalen went through a season of her life. So my mom, even in the graduation card uh, to Jalen, my mom writes in there, you're so much like your dad. Make sure you channel it for good. You're strong. Well, a lot of what she said, make sure you channel it for good. But Jalen went through a season. She wanted to be a UFC fighter. Uh, so she used to say, I want to be a UFC fighter. Um, I was going to tell another story. I better not. Uh, I had another Jalen story. You know, I'm going to tell it. You can handle it. When Jalen was two or three, Angel went to the outlet shopping in Florida. We're on vacation. Angel goes to the outlet shopping. She leaves me in charge of Jalen. And Jalen has been determined. When mom says that, Jalen's been determined from a young age. But Jalen pooped in the resort pool. Um, <laughs> she's like two or three. She poops in the resort pool. And the resort people evacuate the pool. All these parents are staring and glaring at me like, what, you can't control your kid? Like, you can't, like, trust me, I have questions too, people. They're all staring at me. This is 100% true. Angel just found the picture when we were going through pictures the other night. They give me an ice bucket. You know the ice bucket that at a resort you go, they give me an ice bucket and tell me I have to clean it out of the pool with an ice bucket. I have a net or nothing. I have a picture. I'm trying to get it out of the pool in the ice bucket, but it's like breaking up and like going different directions. I'm, anyway, anyway, never mind. Uh, I have a lot of Jalen stories. And then I have Eliana, my 12-year-old, going to be 13. And then I have Micaiah. I have no idea how to raise boys. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm serious, especially after you get in the zone of girls. Micaiah, the other day, I asked Micaiah, Connie was there. Is that you, Connie, right? Connie was there. She was a witness. I'm asking Micaiah, like, how can I parent you? Like, what can I do? Like, what, what actually gets to you? What works with you? Just the other night, I'm asking him. He's like, well, not spankings. They don't even hurt no more. I'm like, so I've been going to the gym. I'm up in my game. No, I'm just kidding. So Micaiah gets an extra bag. Micaiah gets an extra bag of pieces and put them on your prayer list. Uh, This is just my family. I am not even going to get it. We got to dedicate babies. I'm not even going to get into in-laws. I'm not going to get into holidays. I'm not going to get into boyfriends. Huh? I don't know where Bryce Smith is. That Bryce Smith told me earlier, he's like, daughters and dating, and I'm not prepared. Amen. Amen. And you put all of these pieces in the bowl, and you're like, okay, Damien, okay, Steve, okay, Anthony, because, I mean, we could keep putting pieces in here. If you've got any type of blended families or everything, we got all of this in the bowl, and we're like, okay, parents, grandparents, guardians, whatever, let's put the puzzle together. Is there anyone that would be honest enough for just a minute and say that it's not always easy to put the puzzle together? 
right? You got personalities, you got preferences, you got all of these things. And today, and I am coming to a close, but I just want you to think about the importance of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Because in the Bible, John and Jesus, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, John and Jesus are going to get all of the attention. But I would submit to you on this Sunday, you only have Luke chapter 2 because you had Luke chapter 1. And Luke chapter 1 is a mom and a dad who were committed, who were serving, who didn't want to get offended because of Herod or anything else, and who were willing to raise John, and he grew and became, and he grew and became, and he grew and became, and we get John because we first had Zechariah. And it's important because John needs Zechariah. And we need John and Jesus. John Maxwell said this, there are five battles that are worth fighting with your children. If it's not part of these five, don't fight them. He writes about how easy it is to get sidetracked in life and stressed out with parenting and you stop fighting the battles that matter most. John Maxwell said these five battles are if it has to do with your child's attitude, self-image, responsibility, faith, or relationships. Last service, a lot of people had phones out taking pictures all over the room. I would encourage you to do that. Either write it down or take a picture. And just remind yourself from time to time, am I fighting the battles that are worth winning? Is this about my child's attitude? Because I don't, want, I don't want my child to have a bad attitude. Is it about their self-image? Because I don't want them to feel the pressure of social media and culture and Hollywood. And, am I measuring up to the world? I want them to know they are beautifully and wonderfully made. I want them to know Ephesians 2.10 and Jeremiah 29.11. I want my children to know that God has a plan for their life. Is this about responsibility? Because the world could tell people, be irresponsible. Be irresponsible with your health. Be irresponsible with your choices. But I want my child to be responsible. Is, is this about their faith? Because faith matters. Faith is important. Or number five, their relationships. So when someone says, you go into a party, you go into a sleepover, who's going to be there? And you say, I can't believe my mom and dad. My mom and dad are the only ones. No, it's because this is a battle worth winning for us. It's important for us to know, do you have right relationships in your life? Andy Stanley said this, and I think it's so pertinent to this passage in Luke chapter number one with Zachariah and Elizabeth. Andy Stanley says, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Isn't that good? Notice what the angel says to Zechariah. Your son will be great before the Lord. Your son will be great before the Lord. You know, in life, we can actually put the focus or the attention at times on the wrong things. You know, my daughter, Eliana, 12, turning 13, she's playing in the championship game at 2 o'clock. They've been undefeated all year. They've had a great season. She loves to play softball. Constantly, Dad, will you throw? Dad, I want to pitch. Got me, got her brother, all these things. Angel's got chairs, and she's got umbrellas, and I always have to have cash for Makai and his buddies. They want to go to the concessions, and, and we'll cheer them on today. And as much as I like sports, the danger at times is that parents can say, I want my kids to be great with academics. And, and that's a great thing. This person had a three-point, whatever. This person had a four-point, whatever. This, this person, you know, Jayla, my 18-year-old, she's got, you know, several awards or scholarships at the graduation a few weeks ago, and people applaud their kids, and that's a good thing. But we can put an emphasis on academics or arts or sports or awards or trophies, or ribbons. 
And I just saw you're going to nationals, you know, your, your family, whatever. I saw the post last night. It's amazing. And I'm not saying it's an either or thing. I'm just saying families tell me all the time. I drive, you know, I hear this all the time. I drive my kids to Columbus for coaching with their pitching. Or I drive my kids to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, for coaching with their pitching. Or I take my kids to practices and games three, four, five times a week. And whether or not it's crushing a recital, or they're the best dancer in the county, Pastor Micah, they can twirl like you wouldn't believe. The flexibility, the fluidity, fluidity. My daughter, there's nothing, Pastor Micah, if you saw her dance and gymnastics, and I love when they make the shot, and I love when they score the goal, and I love when they do all of these things, but I think it's a lost thing in 2021 that we champion children who are great, not just on a ball field or a basketball court or the recital, but they are great for the Lord. Great for the Lord. Because our children are going to get older one day, and the mindset will be, if I crush the career, if I get the compliments from a young age, it's like, I've got 23 followers on Instagram. I've got 76 followers on YouTube. And we'll create a mindset that life is about being famous. Life is about followers. Life is about holding the trophy. Life is about winning the award. But I want to remind someone today, what is it going to profit a person if they gain the whole world, but they lose their soul. I love the trophies. I love the academics. I love the scholarship and the success. But on top of all of that, I love when our children love the Lord and serve the Lord. Come on, Storyside. You shouldn't drive them to practice or you shouldn't drive them to Columbus or Pittsburgh and not drive them to kids ministry or VBS or internship or student night. We want our children to be great before the Lord. In these last few minutes, some parents tell me, Pastor Micah, I don't believe, I don't believe in making my kids go to church. They don't always want to go to students. They don't want to go to VBS. They don't want to come on Sundays. And people will tell me over the years, I, I just don't believe in making them go to church. I don't want them to resent it one day. Let me ask you a question. Do you make them go to bed? Do you make them brush their teeth? You make them shower or try sponge bath. You make them do their homework. You make them go to practice. If the coach says, hey, no vacations in August, it's two a days football. You got to be here the whole month of August. Or if you're late, if you're late for the game, you're not starting, you're on the bed. Do you, do you make them do those things in life? And all of a sudden, when it comes to a family prayer before bed or the things of faith that are really going to matter long-term in life, you're not going to make them do that? I would submit to you today, listen, my kids are going to brush their teeth whether they want to or not. We're not having a stinky kid in our house. Get your butt in there, Micaiah, and you're going to shower. Now, if you turn 18 and you become your free bird and, and you become 18 and you're like, I resent brushing my teeth, I don't care, then don't brush your teeth. But as long as you're in my house, we are going. Come on, Storyside. I want to rally marriage. I want to rally a husband and wife. I want to rally parenting. I want to rally the family. As I close today, I want you just to notice verse 15. He will be, but he must not. You have your Bibles, many of you following along. We've given out hundreds of them. You see it on your phone or in your actual Bible. He will be, but he must not. He will be, but he must not. He will be, he will be, but he must not. 
In other words, Zechariah, there's some do's and some do nots. This is what we do, this is what we don't do. John's calling is going to have some commitments. His purpose is going to have some parameters. I just wonder if there's times where Zachariah's like, hey, John, don't do that. Now, I know we see John baptizing hundreds of people. If you, We see John preparing the way. We see John like, hey, I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one coming after me who's holier than I. I'm not worried. He'd unlatch his shoes. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. We see that John. We see that John. But I want to back you up to Luke 1, where you have a dad that was like, don't drink that. Don't do that. The reason we get John in chapter 2 and 3 and 4, if you would, is because we have Zechariah in chapter 1. Our children need us. They need us. They need us to be Zacharias and Elizabeths. Our grandkids need us. Our interns and students need us. Children need us. I think this generation needs us. And a challenge to every one of us today, myself included, don't expect what you won't inspect. Don't expect what you won't inspect. You say, I want Brooklyn to live for the Lord, which I, I would give anything, anything for my children, my family to make it all the way to the finish line and hear, well done, Brooklyn Pelkey. Well done, Jalen Pelkey. Well done, Eliana Grace Pelkey. Well done, Micaiah. Well done, Micah and Angel. Well done. I want my family to make it. I want my family to live for the Lord. So that's an expectation. I want our interns, our student leaders, want them to live for the Lord. When I watch you guys having communion with those people recovering from surgery and stuff that day, and your brother's praying, I, I know I'm not the dad, you're sitting by your dad, but I'm proud like a dad. I'm, I sent you a picture, I was so proud of them. When your mom comes up to me the other day and tells me, hey, I wanna introduce myself, my boy's one of your interns. I've known your mom for years. I didn't even know that was your mom. She's telling me how proud of you she is. She's like, he's so different around the house. He's such a great kid. That was a, one of my favorite things of the whole week was just hearing that. I get texts. I probably have three or four texts right now in my phone, Nick, from your mom and dad that tell me about you serving in the parking lot team and helping people with first impressions. And they'll tell me, I'm so proud of my boy. And then if we just went down the line, Andy, and your growth the last few years, and I go to this second row, and if I was to do that, I think we have expectations, right? Right, Sherry, we have expectations. Your little grandbaby, when you're posting pictures, I want, so when John is born, right, we read verse 80, he's born, and then the child grew and became, that, that's not overnight, grew and became, grew and became, grew and became. I think we would say we want our families, right, to grow in their faith and serve the Lord. Those are expectations. But we don't, we don't always get what we're expecting if we don't have some inspecting. Right? Zachariah had some do's and don'ts. Don't drink that. Don't do that. Why? Because right now you're three, right now you're seven, right? But the angel told me you're going to be great before the Lord. And so for the sake of me getting you from chapter one to chapter two, if you would, there's got to be some things where I say, no, John, no, John, John, John. Come on, I feel the Holy Spirit for someone today. Whether you're a parent or grandparent or guardian or a student team leader or a pastor, John, why? Why? Why inspect? I took Micaiah's phone the other day. Give me your phone. No warning. Not I'm taking it tomorrow at 2. I want it right now. He's asking, what are you doing, Dad? I'm going through your text messages. I want to know what you're texting. It's not a bad thing sometimes to be like, what are you listening to? Where are you going? Who's going to be there? 
Like, I don't want that in my life. Just let me talk to some students for a minute. I don't want that in my life. Why, you don't trust me? Why, you got to have Life 360. You don't trust me? No, we just know we've been young. I got in trouble. I got in trouble, and I didn't even have a phone. I had to cut my mom off before she went crazy. She was she like, we take my whole sermon time. Let me pause today as we get ready to pray. If you have some people in your lives, and I'm talking to all of our kids and students right now, I know I'm looking at several rows of you, but I'm talking to all of them. If you have some people in your life, maybe it's a mom or a dad that's doing some inspecting, don't get mad at them all the time. If you have a Zachariah in your life, be thankful. If you have a grandparent or that uncle and aunt, I'm talking, if you have a student leader that's like, hey, you doing okay? You doing all right? How's your thought life? You doing okay? Are you hanging around the right people? You putting yourself in a bad position or place? When, when, when we start talking, you're like, I want you to be confident. I want, you, I want you to get self-esteem in your life. You know, I had four or five students in one stretch just a month or two ago. Pastor Micah, I'm cutting. I'm depressed. I don't know. And, and, all, and, and it's like having those conversations. Should we get you some counseling? Can I connect you with some people? Now? Don't get upset. I know I'm coming to a close, but don't get upset when you have some Zacharias and Elizabeths in your life that's saying, I'm trying to get you from chapter one to chapter two. I'm trying to get you to become everything that God has for your life. How old are you now, honey? 12, the child grew and became. The child, so that's Luke 1 talking about John. The child grew and became. I bet you there's a lot of people that didn't see John at 12 that thought he was going to prepare the way for Jesus. Some people, you know, we read verse number 66 where they were like, what is this child going to become? I promise you there was tons of people that didn't think at 12 or probably even 18 that I would be up here today. The child grew and became. I wonder what you're going to be. I wonder how God's going to use you. When I watched you the other day praying and doing all of that, I think it's amazing even right now. I wonder what it's going to be at 16. I wonder what it's going to be at 21. The child grew and became. For you to get to where you're at, to where God is taking you, it takes some Zacharias and Elizabeths that come into your life and champion you and pray for you and believe in you. And even at times, Zachariah tells John, don't drink that. Don't drink that. And don't go there. And students, you need to ask God, surround me with those positive Zacharias and Elizabeths. But you also need to open up your heart to God and say, God, when they're challenging me, I'm not going to get rebellious or upset or mad or whatever. I'm going to say, you know what? I could make some bad decisions or choices at times. And if God sees in me more than what I see in myself or Zachariah and Elizabeth, I want to be open to it because I want to be everything God's called me to be. The child grew and became. I'm excited to see what you become, Andy Shields. I'm excited to see what you become, Brooklyn Pelkey. I'm excited. I watched you run camp this year. I was blown away. You get up there doing that communion. You start like raising your voice and you was like, I speak to this and I speak. I had to turn around. I started crying. I had to turn around. I, I, all I could like mutter to your mom was like, babe, like that's our girl. And there's hundreds of these kids and students at Storyside. Hundreds. Kids ministry told me 500 and some kids in whatever amount of months has come to at least three times kids and students, they grew, they became, they grew, they became, they grew, they became. But John grew and became because he had a Zachariah and Elizabeth that was like, I'm going to do my part. So Pastor Clint, I want you to even represent all of the dads. I want you to represent all of the parents at Storyside. And I just want to even speak over you today. Be that man, be that person, be that leader that steps up and says, you know what? It's not just about me serving the Lord. I've got to raise John. I have to raise my children. I have to do what's needed for us to be able to walk out the plan and purpose of God. So I want to pray with you today. If you would close your eyes at two minutes after 12. 
Many of you raised your hands earlier and said, I'm a parent, I'm a grandparent, I'm a guardian, I'm a father figure, a mother figure. I'm asking you, Zachariah and Elizabeth, I know we're not raising John the Baptist. We probably have like the little Johnny kind of kids at times. But these are miracles. We're going to dedicate six of them here in just a moment. These are miracles or blessings. I know the pieces of the puzzle can get chaotic and crazy at times. I understand. You're like, where do I even start? But in this holy moment right now, if you would say, you know what, God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me to encourage them. I want you to challenge me. Even right now, I want to pray for them. I want to do my part to keep serving the Lord, to serve my family, to serve our communities, to be that positive influence. That if I need to inspect, I will. Where are you going? What are you doing? Why? I pray that you would help those, those leaders, those adult leaders today to step into the God-given purpose of Luke chapter 1 in their life. Come on, Zechariah. Come on, Elizabeth. Some of you today, maybe you feel like you've been up in years and you're like, what do I have to offer anymore? Can I just challenge you today? Can I challenge you today? You might be surprised how many people are actually watching you, that niece, that nephew, that grandchild, that other child on the team. You may be surprised who's watching you. You're like, ah, they're just eight. They're just 12. The child grew and became, grew and became, grew and became. You don't know what they're going to be. You see them as a kid right now, but come on, Zachariah and Elizabeth. One day, John the Baptist is preparing the way of the Lord. So if you're ready right now in this holy moment as an adult to say, Pastor Micah, would you pray for me to be the best influence, that positive influence, that leader? Would you pray for me as an adult to be the best that I can be when it comes to the children that God has placed in my path? Would you just raise your hands right now so I know who I can pray for? Thank you. I want to be the best coach I can be, the best kids leader I can be, the best parent I can be. Hands are going up all over the room. Help me, Jesus. I'm not saying you need to be perfect. You just need to make the decision to say, God, help me. Whether it's praying for them, at times even the time, just, just playing with them. Those five battles that John Maxwell referenced, help me to do my part, God. We sing about waiting on the Lord. He was in the wilderness until, it wasn't overnight, it wasn't in a week or a month, it was a process. He was in the wilderness until. Come on, Zachariah and Elizabeth, keep doing it. You say it's been a month, it's been six months, it's been five years, it's been 12, come on, parents. Come on, grandparents. Come on, Zachariah and Elizabeth. We can do this. We can do this with God's help. Now I want to ask all of our students, in this final prayer, all of our students, I know it's trendy to rebel, if you would, or be offended, but if our students would make a fresh commitment ultimately to God, but then to the voices, the healthy voices, the godly voices he's put in your life, that you would say, God, I, I don't want to have a Zachariah and Elizabeth that's trying to help me, and I just close the door on them. God, I commit to you today. I want to be coachable. I want to be teachable. If we have any students that would commit to that even right now, I just want you to raise a hand. You would say, God, I want you to help me. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to help me, God. God, I pray right now. I thank you for every hand going up. That's a big one that a student would even say that. I thank you right now from the youngest to the oldest that you would bless our children, that you would strengthen our children, that you would raise them up. I pray for every one of us today that ultimately we're the children of God. We're the children of God. And I pray that we would step up as the children of God in 2021. We would step up for truth, we would step up for what's right. We would step up to love, to give grace and mercy. Help us to step up as the children of God in 2021, that we will be the salt, we will be the light of the world. And I pray these things in Jesus' 
name. Amen. Story side, are you thankful today for God's presence? Can we stand all over the room? Would you thank God for Jesus today? Come on, thank God for Jesus today. I trust God. I trust the process. I trust the promise today. They grew, they became. They grew, they became. God, I thank you for what you're doing at Storyside. I thank you for men that are becoming men of the Lord, for women that are becoming women of God. They grew, they became. They grew, they became. I thank you for what you're doing from the youngest to the oldest, God. I thank you that we are becoming. I thank you that we are becoming, God. The process, they grew, they became. They grew, they became. We wait on you, Lord. We wait on you, Lord. I am becoming. I am becoming. God, I speak it over our church today. Our kids are becoming. Our teenagers are becoming. Our college age is becoming. Marriages are becoming. Families are becoming. Our church is becoming. I speak it today. Raise us up, God. Raise us up, God. Raise us up, God. Raise us up, God. We are becoming.